Welcome to the Secrets of Confident Women podcast, where you'll learn all the best tips, tricks, and practical techniques for building the confidence levels you've always wanted. With inspiring interviews, real-life examples, and game-changing insights, this podcast is for women who know that mastering the skill of confidence is one of the most important things they'll ever do. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode. This is Jodie, and today I'm thrilled to welcome to the podcast celebrity interviewer, entertainment reporter, and the owner of Australia's only solely owned and operated entertainment news company, Rave It Up, the incredible Lauren Yates. Lauren always had a love for journalism, starting her entertainment company while she was still in high school and has interviewed the likes of Justin Bieber, Hugh Jackman, Rob Mills, Justice Crew and many more. But this life was not always possible. As a young woman, she was the shyest person you would ever meet. She didn't believe in herself and her life was paralysed by the worry about what other people would think. But finding her passion for the entertainment industry, she created a toolbox of techniques to help her increase her confidence so she could overcome the shyness and take on the world. And that's exactly what we're going to talk to Lauren about today. So Lauren, welcome to the Secrets of Confident Women podcast. Thank you, Jodie. What an amazing intro. There you go. <laughs> Welcome. It's so lovely to have you on the on the podcast. And I think this is such a great topic because there are so many people that are shy, that especially as teenagers, as children or yes. what have you. And it's really trying to learn, again, those techniques that help break through that and really start to develop because as we grow up and w- want to step out into the world and do other different things, it really does take a level of confidence and the shyness mm-hmm. can really be something that gets in the way of, of doing what, what you want to do in your life, right? Well, as you said, especially in school, it's very everyone's judgmental at school yes. and it's really hard to get to know the real you and what you want to do and, you know, your values, how you want to be in the world. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay, so anyway, I'm thrilled to talk to you about this today and I think there'll be a lot of value for our listeners. So let's start, tell us a little bit about yourself, your story and your business. Well, as you did mention, I am a celebrity interviewer and an entertainment reporter and I actually started my own company back when I was only about 16. I think I might have been 15 about to turn 16 and I've always just loved entertainment. You yeah. know, I was obsessed with E! News in America. I'd watch it every <laughs> <Yes>. night. <laughs> I just loved knowing what was happening in the celebrity world because I just yeah. found the normal news quite negative and yeah. depressing where celebrities – you know, the only depressing news you get is maybe a couple have broken up yes. or unfortunately <laughs> someone's passed away where you just get, you, it's a lot more positive. But I, I've always grown up around, you know, entrepreneurs, you know, my parents are entrepreneurs themselves and have owned lots of businesses throughout their life. So they've always pushed me to, you know, follow your dreams. Those boring nine to five jobs will always be there. Yeah. You want to wake up every day loving what you do. So even though I, I really wanted to work for E! News in America, I was like, actually, why work for E! News when I could be E! News? You know, I could be my own version of it. (laughs) We don't really have anything like that here in Australia. So that's when I just worked really hard, created my own website. And as you mentioned, Justin Bieber at the beginning of this, I haven't interviewed him yet. I wish, but I did meet him. I was uh, one of 10 girls with an intimate meet and greet with him. 
And that was just the big wake up call to me that I wanted to, even though I hadn't interviewed him, I wanted to be around them, around celebrities in that one-on-one, you know, atmosphere instead of waiting in a huge line with fans. Yes, right. <laughs> you kind of want that one-on-one time with them. And I've always found celebrities very, you know, interesting as well in their story because we kind of put them up on a pedestal like we can't do what they do, but they are just normal human beings. They've just worked really hard to get to where they are and they love what they do. So that's why I was like, I really want to hear these stories. Um, And Justice Crew was my very first interview. So I was a huge Justin Bieber fan. I created a a Justin Bieber fan site and ended up being one of the top Justin Bieber fan sites here in Australia. Yep. I know. It's pretty, pretty amazing. That's actually how I got to meet him because of that. But as you can probably imagine, I got sick of writing just about Justin Bieber all the time. (laughs) (laughs) I wanted to write about other celebrities. So that's when the Rave It Up website got born. And when uh, Justice Crew came around and I did that first interview, it was the rest is history. You yeah. know, I, I really found my love for interviewing and that's what I wanted to incorporate into the website, which has now turned into a podcast as well and a YouTube channel. And yeah, I, I couldn't be prouder of what I've created. I got to tell you, Jody. <laughs> oh, awesome. Okay. So what does confidence or being a confident woman mean to you? Oh, that's such a good question. You know, I think confidence is such a huge word and can mean a lot of different things. But for me, it's just about being, uh, I heard this quote once about being unapologetically yourself. You know, you want to be yourself, but don't have to apologize to anybody for maybe being your crazy self, but also you want to be comfortable, you know, whether that's in certain clothes you wear or how you speak how you are with your friends, uh, I think it's just all about being comfortable. And just being that, as you say, like just completely yourself without apologising for good points, bad points, who you are, what you think. It's just exactly. this is you who I am. Up, and, you know, we're yeah. human. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. you want to. We all have our crazy sides. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And when are you the most confident version of yourself? Well, I, I think, as I said about the clothes, you know, I love wearing something that, you know, I feel yeah. comfortable in, but also might feel, you know, a little bit sexy and kind of yeah. want to show off the curves. I also have been a dancer all my life as well. Right. So whenever I'm dancing, that is like when I feel the most comfortable, confident. Yeah. Uh, and also when I'm with my loved ones, you know, I've, my parents have always exactly <laughs> just like the uh, entrepreneurial side. They've been amazing in terms of making sure I've always been comfortable at home to be myself uh, which has helped kind of bring that into the real world a little bit yeah uh and you know even I've got this amazing guy now I finally found the one Um, (laughs) good and he just yeah he absolutely he doesn't care whether I've got makeup on or not or if I'm in my pjs or I'm all dolled up and that's something that you know I think all women need to find they shouldn't have to just settle for any guy out there. You need someone that will really enhance that confidence. But for me, I knew that I was single for a very long time and I was absolutely happy with that, you know. I was like, I'm just going to give up for a while. I'd rather just focus on me and love me for me and bring all that self-love in, you know, before I try to find it externally. Yes, absolutely. And it's so important. And it's so, it is so important because you, you, as you say, with relationships and those sorts of things, it's trying to find someone who you can be completely comfortable with and going back to that, just being unapologetically yourself as well, you know, absolutely. without having to 
doll up or front up or be someone else or fit into some sort of, you know, social system or something. You just want to be relaxed and be yourself. And that's when that relationship stuff really does go to a more magical level. It definitely does. And there's been just so many, you know, I always say to a lot of my girlfriends, you know, I don't want to push it on them, but you know, you obviously want to go out and date, have a bit of fun or whatever, but don't just settle. You know, you, every, every woman out there and every human being, we're all just amazing. Like know that you are freaking incredible and own it. You know, you need to find someone that, you know, treats you like a princess and knows what they got and they appreciate it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So you were, as we, as I mentioned in the beginning, you were an extremely shy person or girls growing up. How did the shyness impact you and what was the catalyst for overcoming the shyness to be able to do what you do now? Mm, hard to believe, isn't it, what I do now that I was really shy? <laughs> it's a strange uh, career focus. Yes, <laughs> a lot of people can't, can't believe it. But the shyness did impact me, i got to say, in every way possible. At school, you know, it kind of affected me making friends. I would only have a few little select friends that I felt really comfortable with. But also answering questions in class, I was always sitting right at the back away from the teacher trying to pick me because I didn't want to, I think it was a, a little bit of me and I guess I, I'm thinking everybody must have this little bit of putting your, your hand up to answer a question and you don't want to get it wrong and yeah. be embarrassed, look like you don't know anything in yes. class. And as you mentioned at the beginning, I cared way too much about what people thought of me. Um, So it was very hard around that school age to be comfortable in any scenario, which is really sad to think about now. And look, I'll tell you, there's so many women that I still work with, still coaching at all ages, that still have the same thing, whether they're putting their hand up in a meeting or they're sharing their ideas at work. So that sort of schoolyard or school classroom fear that we I guess that's where we first really feel it. But if we don't sort yes. of manage that, it, it, it just continues for for life. It just continues for in life, all yeah. different settings. It's not the teacher but it's the boss or our work colleagues or, you yeah. know, friends at a dinner table that we don't know. We really get that challenge still with speaking up. Oh, absolutely. And, and to give you an example of how much I cared what people thought, you know, if, for example, a boy that I like didn't like my hair and he wanted it, say, straightened <laughs> instead of, you know, Boys embracing this like beautiful natural curl I have here, <laughs> I would do that. I'd just be like, okay, cool, I'll straighten my hair, you know, oh, whatever you yeah. think, whatever you want. And it's so sad that I know there's probably still women even when they're older doing that yeah. um, or in relationships where the guy really dictates what they look like or what they should do, how they should act. But that's not absolutely not what you should be doing. And at that age, because I didn't really know what I wanted in life, who I wanted Mm. to be, um, it's really finding that in yourself to be able to grow that confidence and know, hell no, I'm not doing that. I'm going to, I'm going to be me. So yeah, that's, (laughs) that's really sad. But um, the, the catalyst though, was actually a self-development program I went to at around 15. It was before, just before I, um, no, after I met Justin Bieber actually, cause I was still really shy then. Um, I still have like a video that my mum took and I was speechless. I did not say anything. Oh my goodness. If Justin Bieber met me now, he would not remember me. <laughs> I said nothing. <laughs> but that self-development program I went to was, you know, for, for youth and was all about 
you know, there was all different things yeah. about that weekend, but, you know, stepping outside your comfort zone and goal setting, breaking through barriers that you might have about yourself. But it was on that very first day the presenter put up a flip chart about uh, comfort zones mm. and it was the biggest light bulb moment for me because obviously I had been living in that comfort zone all yeah. the way up until 15, 16 and it, I just uh, not only the light bulb moment go off but also I was asking myself questions in my head going, what you know, what is that, what is that getting me being in my comfort zone? What is it doing for me? Nothing. It's actually holding me back. And why should I care what people think? Why do their opinions matter? And then for the rest of the weekend, I was a totally different person. Right, yeah. <laughs> people were like, what happened to you? I said, I've just, I, I just crossed that line, that barrier that I had always been holding on myself. Yeah. And ever since then, you know, anytime I'm like the dinner party example you gave, Jodie, mm. was a great example that if I'm meeting new people, they don't know me. Like, That's I don't right. really care. Let's just be myself. I'll be silly. I'll make jokes and not care that nobody laughed. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. that, that sort of thing. So it kind of changed from caring way too much about what people thought to not caring at all. Yes. <laughs> and isn't it great how this is why personal development programs or courses or books or all this sort of stuff is so important to be in that, you know, what we call now the growth mindset or being that always that constant yes. learning because you could read a book and I could read the same book but we get completely different things out of it or we go to a course and there's something that really just sparks an aha moment which you can't ever then not see again. You know what I mean? Like because you, mm. you see something that you've never seen before and it's it's now there for your life. Like that comfort zone you know, part for you was like, that was that light bulb to go, oh, this is how, like, this is how it works. Like, this is how, this is what I've been doing. And once you know that, you can't unknow that again, right? That's just, yes. but that then takes you forward. But you can never predict reading a book, going to a course, whatever, what that light bulb moment is going to be or what you're going to learn. You just have to keep putting yourself into those situations to, you know, to learn and develop. I mean, for me, which I talk about in my book and I've talked about, you know, various times on this podcast, getting Louise Hayes' You Can Heal Your Life book when I was, you know, 12, 13, 14, because my mum was on her own sort of health journey. But that was the book where I read that going, what do you mean? I choose my thoughts? Like it was like that was like this moment of, what I can control, what this voice in my head does. And, mm. you know, once again, once I knew that, I could never unknow that again. That was just part and has been, you know, really dictated my whole journey. That was just part of what my existence was going to be now, that I had more control over that voice in my head and learn techniques and whatever. I often say to clients, you've got to keep learning, developing, get a coach, read a book, go to a course, like learn, 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 mm. because it's those moments that really propel us through to the next part of our life. And, and I always believe what you need will be the aha moment you have at that time, right? Very true. Yeah. yeah. And learning doesn't stop after school. You've got oh to continue God. learning. I'm not sure it even starts until after no, yeah. school. <laughs> right. Well, it's so true. Even with that self-development program, there's, I actually furthered my 
uh, I guess, training after that too mm. and started assisting that program yeah. for many, many years. So I saw all these different kids come in and out yeah. and I did see a lot of kids where it would not affect them at all and I'd be like, what is going on? This yeah. is such an amazing program. And I'm like so hyped up. Yeah. But, you know, sometimes they just don't have that aha moment, which is yeah. fine, or they might have it later on in the weekend. Yeah. Or they're not open to it at the time. Like it comes when it comes and you just, you know. Yeah, it might just be little aha moments in their head or they're yeah. just kind of watching it all over and, you know, the, that flip chart of just comfort zones because he also drew it out and I'm a visual learner. Mm. So to have, you know, the little yeah. – he did like a stick figure in the middle and then the comfort zone around it. And when you leave your comfort zone, we obviously experience fear, which is Absolutely. something I experienced all the time. Yeah. But either you can just go back into the comfort zone, which does nothing for you, or you can actually pass that fear and get some growth. Absolutely. And that's what I've done daily basis now. Yeah. I like to continue furthering, pushing yeah. that comfort zone because, yeah. you know, you'll you'll – grow that but then you'll create a different comfort zone which is a bit bigger than your previous one as well yeah I mean that to be honest even with the programs that we do and the coaching that is still one of the aha moments of someone realizing that fear lives on the outside of your comfort zone like you know and I'm I'm not talking I'm standing on the side of a cliff without a parachute that's fear you should listen to. But yeah, probably, that, yeah. No, yeah. You don't do that. <laughs> the fear's there for a reason and sometimes a very good reason. But it's knowing why the fear's there. Oh, I'm feeling fear because I'm pushing the boundary of my comfort zone here. And mm. then it's more like you can relate to it in a different way, whereas we've always sort of grown up learning that if you feel fear, that means there's something wrong here. And yes. it's flipping very that true. that dialogue to go, well, no, it's this is just because it's new and it's uncertain and it's outside my comfort zone and my brain is actually doing what it's supposed to do and trigger fear to say, are you sure you want to do this? But when you can relate to it as, yes, but I'm just speaking to somebody new, like I'm not jumping off the edge of a cliff. I'm <laughs> going to approach someone and I'm feeling, you know, or put my hand up in this meeting and, you know, offer my ideas and the fear is there because we're – oh, what will people think and am I going to get it wrong and all that conversation. Mm. But we want to push through that because it's not life-threatening. But we can then relate to fear differently and understand it. So when it's present, we can consciously go, it's okay, I'm going to be fine. I'm just stepping outside of my comfort zone. And this is good because my comfort zone will expand from this point. So, (laughs) you know. Yeah, and starting something new in life is something we should be doing all the time because how else are we supposed to know? That could be an amazing hobby, a new hobby that you might absolutely love, but how would you know if you haven't Tried it first. Correct. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you say that you've been able to develop a toolbox of techniques that you draw on to help you with your confidence and move, you know, really have moved through this very, very shy girl persona or person that you were to do what you do now. So what are your go-to techniques that you know help you? Well, I've got many, so I I'm hope sure you're ready to I'm sure that's good. Them. I'm sure people want many. Well, it's crazy to think now, you know, I've been public speaking to adults, but a lot lately to, you know, schools, which has been amazing to share my story with young kids. And, oh, just like everybody's fear, talking in front of other people is so scary. (laughs) Yes. And especially kids because they judge. Yes, yes. So my big thing that uh, I remember my my very first school talk, because that was very confronting, it was like, 
year 10, 11 and 12, all in the one room. It was a lot of people. I always do heaps of breathing techniques. It just sounds something so simple, but it really, really helps um, whether you do meditation or not, which I do. But just practicing some breathing techniques can really help because once when you get into that fear state, Mm. you'll notice your breathing starts, you know, getting heavier. You probably start getting, you know, the crusty stuff in your mouth and you can't really taste just like you you don't have any saliva anymore. you got to do those things to get back to, you know, normal state as you would be just, you know, talking to a friend, for example. Um, I also use a lot of uh, essential oils. You know, I put some just behind my my ears or, you know, you can put Mm -hmm. it on your chest or your wrists. Always wear something that you feel really confident in. It always comes back to that, doesn't it? Uh, and also for me, I love dancing. If you don't dance, that's fine. But listening to your favorite music, something yeah. that really raises you up, jam along to it, do a little bit of moving around. And I've also noticed, especially through this you know, COVID time, whether we're in lockdown or not, is uh, limiting your screen time. Yeah. Because in this day and age, whether I'm talking about, I could, I'm talking about social media, but it can also just be reading the news, Mm. looking at magazines, things like that, because we compare ourselves way too much to other people. You know, people are on Instagram looking at everyone everyone else's lives, but I I like to call it the uh, (laughs) don't compare your uh, blooper reel to someone's trailer Mm. because the trailer looks amazing and you're like, oh, that's not what my life looks like. And it immediately puts you down and you don't feel confident about yourself anymore. Where if you don't look at it at all or you only look at it when you're, say, in a really good mood or you're feeling extra confident about yourself that's the only time you should be looking at it I I even turn off all my except for my text messages and phone calls because they're usually a bit more urgent but any Facebook messages things like that I turn off the notifications oh nothing is yeah nothing is important enough for me to look at it day to day I'd rather just have one little block of time that I check that stuff just to make sure I'm not missing out on anything yeah no I did that I've I did that about a few, a few months ago. I what well, I watched the Social Dilemma. Is it the Social Dilemma? I think that's the Netflix show about social I media. That yet. It was amazing, and I mean, it talked about the addictive brain and brain science, and so it really talked a lot about how it's manipulating the human brain and for us to be that mm. FOMO and what are we missing out on and oh my god, <laughs> there's a like and da 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 da. So one of the recommendations at the end of that was really to look, you know, it's hard to get away from social media unless you're going to be completely off, which is hard, as you know, being business owners, we we need to be present yeah. on, on social media. But one of the strategies they said to start with is turn off those notifications. So I did yes. that the very next day off Instagram and Facebook, off my phone, and I cannot tell you the difference that has made to my life because when I look at my phone to do the various hundred things I'm doing on my phone each day, answering calls, texting, what have you, that little circle with a number in it is not there. And so it does not call me to tap on that. And sometimes mm. I've now I've even I've really broken that habit but sometimes now I've gone through the whole day going, oh, I haven't looked at what's happening on Facebook or whatever. Yeah. Whereas 
if that little number four or six or eight is sitting there, you just it. can't help but bloody find out what the hell the four is. It's like a drug. It is, <laughs> which is really feeds into this addictive brain. So I've, yeah, yes. I've. I've had huge success with that very small technique. Well, to be honest, you know, if I didn't do what I do now, I probably wouldn't even have social media. Mm. Even with, I usually only go on social media now to just post. Yeah. Do, do what I need for my business. I might, I'd probably check my notifications once a week. It's yes. like yeah. nothing compared to, I used to be addicted to yeah. my phone <laughs> and check it constantly, messaging people constantly. But I've I've gotten so much more work done now, yes, Jody. I cannot it believe is. it. <laughs> it's amazing that you just realise how much time you get lost down that rabbit hole, which is obviously an ongoing yeah. conversation throughout the world and what have you. All right, yeah. well, you say like, how do you prepare yourself and your confidence to interview a celebrity? Because that's something that you know a lot of us don't have the opportunity to do you know I've interviewed a few different people on through the podcast that I was really nervous about and that was sort of yes. in that celebrity world so what do you do to manage those nerves and prepare yourself for that interview especially coming from that place where you were so shy but yeah that's definitely true it's not something people do on a daily basis is talk to celebrities <laughs> at the beginning you know even coming back to the Justin Bieber days, how shy I was. Uh, and even when I rewatched my Justice Crew interview, I'd already done the, you know, self-development program and everything, but you could just still tell because it was the very first celebrities I'd interviewed. I was still so nervous. Yeah. I was, my confidence, you know, could have been way higher. Um, and I just, I cringe watching it now because it just, I look so uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> but I was also very proud of myself for getting through it that, hey, even though inside I was fangirling to the yeah. max, but I, I just kind of had to, you know, breathe through it, like I said before. But now I am definitely known in my interviews for doing my research. A lot of people just cannot believe, you know, even I'm prepping an interview with you and Anastasia. Yeah. yeah. That, you know, I, I, you know, I stalk you. (laughs) I'm I'm proud to say that. I I stalk everybody because I need to know, you know, I I want to know as much as I can before I go in so that my questions Mm. are really deep, meaningful, um, and I get the best out of my guests. There's so many interviews I watch and this was a big reason I started interviewing and why I wanted to do it differently so so many interviews you watch where you can just see that they've done no research mm. and they're just asking generic questions generic, that you yeah. could probably, yeah, you could find out on Google. Mm. Um, I, I want to know stuff that's not on Google. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. I, I, I always want to be prepared. You know, for me, I'm a little bit, I'm so organised. I've always been really organised since I was a kid. I think there's a little bit of OCD there as well. But being prepared is my huge thing when it comes to interviews. Do as much research as I can because I know I can't control everything, but if I can, I want to be ready to face any situation. You know, I I want no surprises that, you know, if something comes out, you end up bringing up an interesting story. I didn't uh, see coming and then the interview goes off in a different tangent I know how to approach that and I always even though I might only have say a half an hour interview I'll probably have 45 minutes to an hour worth of questions just so that I can work off them um so that, that that's my really big tool and also just practice with obviously being 
I think the 11th year I've been doing this, I've done so many interviews and interviewed so many different celebrities and there's been heaps in there of people I've even looked up to. Yeah. That, you know, you could understand why I'd be so, you know, nervous. And I'm usually nervous for, say, the first five seconds um, of just chatting to them before I even start recording. So I want to work through those nerves before I press the record button. For me, I've just noticed through all this journey that these people are just normal human beings, as I mentioned before. And that's what I always you know, try to remember as soon as say they come up on Zoom and I'm like, oh my God, yes, I yes. watch you on TV every night yes. <laughs> or, or I love your movie that I, I just, I don't say that, but I, yes. I say I respect their work and I like what you do, but I won't fangirl anymore. And I like that I've kind of pushed through that just through yeah. being around these people all the time and having that mindset you know as you said you can't control your thoughts Mm. (laughs) is always putting through my mind before an interview hey you know I might feel a bit of butterflies hey Lauren it's okay no butterflies get rid of those this person is just normal you just really appreciate and admire their work their work ethic everything about their story and I just got to approach it from that arena that I'm doing this also for the fans so that they can learn more about their idol And that's it. Preparation, you know, is such a key and I do exactly the same. My confidence is so much better when I'm prepared, right? So if I'm going to do a presentation or do a speech or turn up and do a keynote somewhere, I prepare to a point so that that I can manage the other stuff that's going to go on, which is I'm outside my comfort zone, fear, dealing with things that are not happening or happening on the day that I didn't expect, you know, all those sorts of things. Microphone didn't work. Your laptop doesn't, you know, all the the other stuff. If I'm prepared. I always have my plan B, C, D. (laughs) Correct. If I'm prepared and then that part's taken care of, then I'm not having to deal with that as well. So preparation, I know, is such an important part of for me and, you know, as you say, for you to know that, that you've got all the questions, that you've done your research, that you're not going to be surprised by something that you haven't expected in that area. And then the other part to that is you've doing it often, like you're saying, you've done so many now, that becomes your new comfort zone, like you've pushed the boundaries of the comfort zone to the point where doing an interview different from the first one with Justice Crew, now that's different because doing interviews is become more inside of your comfort zone. Like for me presenting or doing podcast interviews, I've done so many now that it's not as nerve wracking because I it's inside my comfort zone. It's something I'm more familiar with. And I think sometimes people forget that they, they want to be, they want the nerves, they want the fear, they want all that to be gone the first time. It's like it's not doable to do that. It's about being prepared, managing what's going to come up. But the more you walk that path, the more you do it, the more your confidence grows. But you've got to stay on the path and keep doing it. it you can't be super confident about something the first time you For the do first time, it. yes. It's not. <laughs> if only. What a great world. Correct. It doesn't work <laughs> like that. So... Yeah, that's really key points for people to remember and especially from that place of the shyness when you – and you say, you you know, you've got these OCD techniques of being super organised but that – do you find that that really helped then add techniques like being overprepared and things like that because from someone who was so shy you had to have these other areas to help you be able to do what you wanted to do. 
Well, absolutely. And even though I have, you know, a team working for me, I always write my own questions. I feel so much more comfortable knowing it's in my own words. I know what's coming up, say, on the piece of paper. But also I will always just right before the interview go over those questions, especially at the beginning when you're trying to, you know, for example, doing an intro and just kind of getting the interview up and running and Mm. and flowing along where the rest of the conversation is just like you and I right now. We're just having a conversation. It's just, you know, my interview is always like two friends catching up, you know. It's very Yeah. It's very comfortable and that's what people love about my interviews. I also don't give really myself that much time at the beginning to be stressing about my my nerves anyway because I'm just going over the questions and then getting straight yeah. into it, you yeah. know, press that Zoom yeah. link and say hi. Yeah. Um, yeah. Same with even my, you know, public speech. I remember when I did my very first school talk, I everyone was walking in and I was like, I really need to go to the bathroom. So I quickly <laughs> yes. went to go <laughs> I quickly went to go pee and then I came back and they were pretty much introducing me and I was like, well, there was no time no. at all to be going over my nerves and yeah, going, oh, my yeah. goodness, I am so nervous. How am I going to do this? Yeah. Because I was just straight into it. I had yeah. no time to think about it. <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's good. Mm. Absolutely. Now, you have a book called Knowing What I Know Now, which features celebrities who answer the question of – Knowing what they know now, what would they tell their fourteen-year-old self? Which is so great. I'd love, like, I'd love to read through some of these areas and whatever. But what were the themes that you found in the answers? I'll send you a copy so great, you can check great. it out. Too. I'd love to. <laughs> it was so interesting actually putting them all together because I've had you know ten years worth of interviews answering this question. And it was my mum's idea to actually put them in a book. She mm. thought, you know, it'd be a great idea if people just want the answer to those questions, a bit of a coffee, coffee table book, to be able to just read through them instead of listening to every single one of my interviews. But I also found it interesting when I was, you know, transcribing them all and putting them in. There were so many that were very similar. And it was a big eye-opener that kind of as we always as I keep coming back to that we're all human beings and we go through the same things in life even these celebrities they used to be like me really shy when they were younger which I found interesting as well but a lot of them cared way too much about what people thought of them and even said about them I've come across so many people that I've interviewed that even their loved ones whether that's their family or their friends have tried to talk them out of what they really wanted to do right even in my normal day-to-day life, my friends also have that issue. There's a lot of them. And that's when you – it's so hard not to say, you know, take on what your parents say. They may, may want you to do the job that they're doing and you want to do something completely different is to just push through that. It's your life. They've, they, they have their life. They, they had yeah. their opportunity to do it. And also a lot of the celebrities – Wanted to actually, I found this funny. We, we, we all have, say, our, you know, our time when we were younger to go party and everything. Uh, a lot of them wanted to start their career earlier. Right. <laughs> like imagine how much more I could have achieved. Yeah. Another one is like be their true selves sooner. Yeah. It kind of comes back to the caring what, too much what people thought of them. And uh, a lot of uh, answers as well I really resonated with was according to school. You know, a lot of them wanted to focus more in school, but they were also saying that these big exams we do at the end 
aren't the be all and end all. If you don't do that well, don't yeah. stress. You know, I got a horrible ATAR, yeah. <laughs> a horrible HSC mark. But there's always ways to, you know, the, there's pathways into uni now and things like that. If you want to go to uni, um, create your own business. There's a lot of successful people that did really bad in school. Not saying you should give yeah. up on school yeah. easily, but I mean, yes. <laughs> if yes. don't don't get down on yourself. It's tailored for certain people that strive in that environment, and sometimes yeah. you, they don't. But that doesn't mean the academic people. That's right. That's right. <laughs> And it's good that schools now, I think, they're much more open to really expanding what the opportunities that, that are there that suit different different types of people, aren't they? Yes, slowly. Slowly but surely. I think still a lot can be done, but yeah. uh, it's nice that things like, you know, what, what we're doing, that we can share those stories to people that they can listen to in their own time and yeah. can grow, yeah. um, you know, exponentially, yes. whether whether they're in school or out of school. Yeah, absolutely. Now, your business and your interviews have always been about sharing people's stories and making conversations around mental health more common to allow your listeners to overcome their own challenges in this space. Now, obviously, this is such a huge topic worldwide at the moment due to COVID when people who may have never ever experienced mental health challenges before have now found themselves so much more vulnerable while dealing with the lockdowns and the news and everything that's sort of come along with this strange place that we all find ourselves in. What knowledge have you gained through your interviews on this and how have you managed your own mental health throughout this time? I'm really lucky and so grateful that I could still do the interviews during lockdown Yes, because that has kept me so sane because uh, it is obviously something I love to do. Uh, you know, there may be days where I feel down but I'll be like, I'll do an interview and I'll feel yeah, so amazing same. and go, what was I even going on about? So I am really lucky in that space and even during this time I've recorded filmed so many international interviews which I am so happy for that I've had the time to organize those and that is something I would tell people that during this lockdown make sure you're still doing something you love to do if unfortunately you can't do your actual job right now still find something you find joy in and are happy with because it is so easy to just get bogged down with the negativity for me my biggest thing as we said was limiting you know the screen time Mm. But also what I've done, it's so easy to say just binge Netflix, Mm. go to bed really late, sleep in all day, whatever. For me, I've kept that, you know, sleep pattern. I still go to bed, you know, at a reasonable time every night and I still get up early because once we're out of this, your body's going to be all over the place. (laughs) But also it keeps some sort of routine in there yeah, as well the structure and that's what I've found yeah exactly, exactly. thank you made. that was yeah. the word no the structure <laughs> the routine the structure getting back into that after we sort of went back into this lockdown and going oh what are we doing and then once I got past all that it was like especially because we've got I'm homeschooling kids we had to get the structure back in and it was amazing I really how, take my hat off to you yeah but it was how amazing it. how much how much how different it was when we had a structure in place for the day and you got up at the same time and we had breakfast together and we went and did our oh, nice. different areas and we'd meet for lunch and we you know have that that sort of structure even to the point where today is Friday that I'm interviewing you and my son always has chicken nuggets from the canteen at school on a Friday so 
Today Aww. he's getting chicken nuggets. <laughs> chicken nuggets for lunch. Oh, that's so cute. He's trying to still maintain that structure, you know, that thing. He's only 12. He wants chicken what nuggets a on a mom. Friday. That's his like, you know, that's his treat. So, but yeah, we found when I wasn't maintaining that, I, I struggled so much more, so much more. Yes, me too. And when the, when this second lockdown happened at the beginning, it was, I felt kind of like I did in the first lockdown at the beginning was, yes. Finally, mm. I've been gifted time and Same. because as the day-to-day, you know, goes by, my to-do list of things I wanted to do for the business, not the everyday stuff but the things I wanted to do to further grow it was getting longer and longer yeah. and I just didn't have time. Like, for example, I'm finally doing the audio book for this book. Right. <laughs> That's been in the pipeline for a very long time. And I, you know, to, so at the beginning I, I was really loving the time to just finally get that done. And then when they extended it, I never thought I'd be in in this position because I always thought my mental health was really strong. I had one day in particular, I remember, I'm so glad it was only one day and it Mm. didn't go longer than that, but I was really struggling. And I lived by myself too, you know, my boyfriend Mm. was at work, so later on he came to visit me, but just everything in my head was negative. Uh, Mm. Nothing was bringing me joy that day. You know how much I love to dance. That wasn't working either. I ended up calling my mum and dad and I was like, I'm really worried about my mental health. Mm. I've never said those words out loud before. And it was so cute. They ended up delivering flowers to my house the next day. It was so lovely. But about halfway through the day, I was like, you know what, Lauren, don't, there's that point where you're like, okay, I've tried everything. Nothing's making me feel better just feel what you need to feel it, it, it's mm. something so simple but it's something we forget that if you are sad angry whatever emotion you are just feel it obviously I just needed to have a good Work cry yeah just yep. watch Netflix all day whatever I wanted to do um because the next day I felt so much better mm. it was something I obviously was just bottling up and you know needed to get out but one thing that really helped because probably the next day I was I could have still been bad but even though I was feeling really down in my head, my thoughts were still going, hey, Lauren, this is fine. Look at the positives. There's always positives. Isn't that funny that I was feeling so crap, but my mind was still thinking positive things, but I started writing my to-do list of things I wanted to get done. And on the side of that, I even wrote a separate list of stuff I wanted to learn and I can further grow myself it always comes back to the growth as a human being whether that's self-development or I guess learning new things is kind of self-development in a way yeah, isn't it yeah so I've, I've done that too and it gives you new motivation every day it actually gives you a reason to get out of bed every day yeah so that's something I'd really um recommend to everyone and make sure to keep eating healthy yeah you so know, all exercising the that's something yeah, that's something that's really helped on a Friday, me. but you know. <laughs> yeah. Hey, it's a treat. You're allowed a treat, right? It's all good. It's all good. Well, it's going back to the begin. It's going back to the basics, isn't it? Because when we're in lockdown or, or when the, there's a lot of uncertainty, because we we don't know what's coming, we don't know what's happening. We're we're yes. you know we're being dictated to what the rules are at the moment and all that sort of stuff. And when we're coming out, when there's so much uncertainty, we have to go back to what we can be certain about and what and focus on what we can control. And that is our diet or what exercise we're doing or what we focus on or what we're watching or what we're listening to or what social media stuff we're for. like. They're the things that we actually can control because there's so much 
more than, than, you know, in our probably normal life that we feel like is out of our control. So well, it is that even structure. basic, to, people forget it. Yeah. <laughs> it is that structure to bring all that back to the forefront and go back to the basics of the food and exercise and keeping your, your thoughts where they should be and having chicken nuggets on a Friday because, you know, that's what nice needs to happen. It's a nice Friday. <laughs> I like it. So now we're going to focus on, I'm going to give you our Rise Women final power questions, which is sort of short, quick yes. answers that we ask all of our guests. So what do you wish every woman knew? Oh, I wish every woman knew not to compare themselves to things like magazines and social media. Oh, yes. Because, you know, even on those magazines, a lot of them are photoshopped. You know, no one actually looks like that. And mm. every woman has, for example, cellulite, stretch marks. It's just some things on our body we just can't get rid of. So just yeah. embrace it, feel confident. The most confident women that you see walk in the room and they just own it. They, yeah, they know exactly. that they're beautiful inside and out. And I, I love this quote, self-love and self-care doesn't make you selfish. Yes. What is your superpower? Oh, I, I think communication and oh, connecting good. with people because I do it on a daily basis yeah. and I definitely get a lot out of people in my interviews. So Great. Awesome. Now we've got a shoe thing going on as we talked about before. And in Anastasia, before, she loves her heels. Anastasia loves her heels. <laughs> heels. So, And we've got a high heel shoe on my book. But what makes you feel confident? Are you a heels or a flats girl? Definitely a heels girl. I've got a huge collection, probably like Anastasia does, but I do wear flats more just because they are more comfortable, yeah. but heels make me feel the most confident. Any excuse to dress up, I'm going to wear heels. That's it, same. <laughs> uh, your favourite quote or rules that you live by? Uh, everything happens for a reason. Yes, that's a, such a good one. Who inspires you and why? There's a few people. My dad really inspires me. He's he's an airline pilot and he worked really hard to get his job. And if we we're looking at celebrities, I love Dwayne Johnson and Jennifer Lopez. Okay. They're both some of the busiest people in the world and they seem to juggle life really well. Yes, I know. And finish this sentence, if I had even more confidence than I do now, I would... Well, i got to say with my toolbox techniques, if there's any days that I don't feel very confident, I just bring those out and it immediately does make me feel more confident that I can do anything. So there's really nothing that, you know, I can think of that I haven't already done. Okay, good, good. <laughs> well, so thank you, Lauren. That was awesome. Loved hearing about your business and your interviews. You know, it's really inspiring to hear that someone, especially for people who, who even have children that are in that really shy category, you know, there is yeah. ways you can work through this and be able to have access to confidence no matter where you came from and no matter what that sort of innate childhood place is that you're already existing in and you know to be able to go from the shy person that you were to, to now interviewing celebrities is a is a big step that a lot of people would be like really inspired to do <laughs> so thank you so much for joining us and sharing your insights and your toolbox thank you very much for having me Jody, and looking forward to having you on my show yes too. indeed and thank you to everyone for listening today and remember there are so many ways that we can help you become the confident woman you've always wanted to be so please get in touch or visit risewomen.com. We want to ensure confidence is every woman's new normal and we do that by getting our programs and resources out to as many women as possible. So until next time, remember, with confidence, anything is possible. Bye for now. Bye.